Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's been three days since our last show. It feels like a month. More than a little bit has changed since we last spoke, Mike. Uh, yeah, a little more than a little bit, I'd say. The world yeah. has continued to shut down more. The latest, I guess, uh, rushing to slow the spread of the COVID-19 infection, the province of Ontario announced a state of emergency today. Uh, so that means closures of all non-essential services, meaning all restaurants, bars, public health facilities, or public facilities, not public health facilities, are now closed. Uh, pretty good timing with St. Pat's. I think it's a pretty good idea to not allow binge drinking to happen in uh, mass public areas. Uh, but all sports remain canceled. And if it wasn't for NFL free agency news, Twitter timelines would be moving at a snail's pace here. We are truly shut down from a sports perspective, uh, but we do have some nuggets to discuss in relation to the NHL and the NHL's potential return. Mike, before we dive into those, are you holding up decently well in isolation? No uh, unexpected problems? Well, you, you don't watch movies, so I can't really make any references. But if you've ever seen The Aviator, um, I'm like that. I'm losing my mind. I'm staring out the window uh, just like blankly. I'm, you know, uh, they say that uh, I think it was Shakespeare wrote King Lear when he was in isolation for uh, Black Plague. I have not written the next King Lear, so I'm a disappointment. And uh, I guess that's why we're here doing this podcast. Spoken like a recent university grad. Um Okay, so a lot of news, right, uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, Gary Bettman's making the rounds a little bit. I think the biggest news as it pertains to the NHL specifically uh, is that players were given the green light to travel back to their homes to isolate in more ideal or preferred conditions. Gary Bettman said the hope is that players will just stay and remain close to medical professionals that are obviously employed by teams, uh, but they do have clearance to go if they so choose. So, you know, a player that's you know, uh, normally lives in Europe, uh, their family lives in Europe, they've been given the clearance to go home if they want to. Uh, I think this is just sort of the NHL doing what it has to do, but it also says something, I think, about the timeline here. I mean, they did put forth sort of the 45 to 60 day recommendation uh, that the CDC put out there uh, as sort of a baseline of what we can expect moving forward. Like this is going to take a little while. So it's 45 days at least until players will be uh, potentially doing, you know, scheduled workouts here. So I think this just plays to the fact that this is going to take longer than initially expected and that these sort of delays should become the norm here because it's not, it's not going to be like, Oh, that, that came back quicker than usual. It's going to be uh, definitely later than we all envisioned. I think. The NBA viewed this situation as a bet. The best possible case scenario would be, I think it was a mid-June return 
uh, mid to late June return with no fans. And I think the NHL, if they're following the NBA's lead, that's probably the best way to look at it too. Like we, the thing about this is that the news changes every single day. Like we, we did, like you said, we did this podcast three days ago, updating, you know, pretty much everything on the Corona situation with the NHL and even in the real world and everything has changed. Like it's that you can't make, you can't make definitive statements in a, in a, you know, in a fluid situation and hope for them to stick. We have no idea what's going to happen. I think the best case right now is to just be prepared for, for a, or the best uh, course of action right now is to prepare for a situation where this doesn't come back as soon as we think. Um, uh, there, the thing is, is we'll, we'll get into everything that Gary Bettman is, is saying here, but like uh, he hasn't given a last possible date of when the play is going to be, but there has to be a break in between where the schedule ends and where the next season schedule begins. And there's a certain point where if it gets keep keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, there has to be just a sit, a, uh, you know, a staunch. We're just cutting this off. Let's just move forward. You know, it, it's these are really, really weird times. Like, I'm at a loss right now. So I think that news sort of at least punted the season down another eight weeks because the 60 days is around that eight week thing. And it's likely we're not going to have games between then or between now and then. So that means May, you know, mid-May, early to mid-May is the earliest this is possibly uh, that they could play games. And that leads us right back into what they're going to do if and when they come back and what they can do in a best case scenario thing. And that leads us to the discussion of, you know, how do you go from this point to the actual tournament competition that will start potentially uh, and what happens with, you know, the Stanley Cup. So Gary Bettman was on overdrive um, yesterday, Monday, Monday afternoon, he said the most important thing will be if we come back is that the tournament or competition we'll p- we put on has integrity and does justice to the history and tradition of the Stanley Cup. Now, that means that they can't cheapen this. They're, they don't have plans to cheapen this. So if they don't have the time to put on a not exhaustive, I won't say, because maybe it won't be as exhaustive as usually it is exhaustive by nature, uh, but it at least has to be worthy of the Stanley Cup, meaning they have to play for a while. They have to have enough teams that are involved. There has to be enough competition so that this isn't a, you know, an easy route to winning what's considered the most difficult trophy in sports to win from a team perspective. So I think this just gives us a little bit more clarity in terms of like, okay, we're not going to get we're not going to complete the regular season. That's not happening. There might be some sort of play in, which would be an extension of the regular season. But if we're going to play it all, it's going to be the tournament because they want to award the Stanley cup, but they don't want to do it in a diminished fashion. I think no matter what you do here, it's not like, I I know that Gary Bemmy needs to be optimistic right now in saying this. And I'm glad that he said what he did say. I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about last episode. And just before we even launch into this, You've tweeted this yesterday, but Gary Bettman has done. Uh, you got to give credit where credits due. Gary Bettman has done a really, really good job of handling this situation. He's uh, batting. He's honestly batting a thousand right now. Yeah, I, I listened to him yesterday, and I thought to myself, and I've never really thought this, but I thought to myself, he's got this. We're okay here because he's handling this the right way. And I'm, I'm surprised that I've gotten to the point where I felt that way at least. It's like I never would have thought that I'd put more stock into Gary Bettman's words than I would the president of the United States. Like when he comes out and he speaks, I believe what he's saying. I think it's a lot. He's saying pretty much all the right things. He's being like, again, he's he very rarely is Gary Bettman able to strike the right public tone. But he's right now he's being able to, to strike a right the, the correct balance between being optimistic so as to not essentially shatter the hopes of everyone and, and, and create another pall over the situation. But he's also being realistic in the sense that like, look, this is a very serious situation. It's unprecedented. We have no idea when we're coming back, but 
and he uses the keyword if, but if we do, this will have integrity. It'll be exactly what you guys want. And I mean, what what I hope the NHL kind of takes from this, and I think it's, you know, it, Batman has said that nothing is either on or off the table, which that situ- that's, sense doesn't really make a lot of sense, but whatever, is that this is an opportunity for the NHL to really get into some, some experimental stuff here. I mean, they, this is an opportunity for them to kind of, uh, rethink how they do things and and because the demand for when sports comes back and they will come back is going to be huge it's going to be off the charts there's going to be a like a gigantic spring effector uh where everyone is just has been hungering for sports forever and we find and they finally get it so the nhl has an opportunity to really cash in on that hunger and do something interesting so i'm really 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 you know curious to see what they do yeah i agree with you but i i don't think he's going to stray far from the the normal you know way of doing things for the nhl with just the words that he said i i don't think as much as i would like to see sort of a a you know a one-off tournament or something fun or something completely different uh, i don't think they're going to stray much or far from that that you know typical 16 team structure 16 to 8 to 4 to 2 uh and obviously it's it's going to be a series not you know these one game playoffs it's going to be interesting what they do to get to the point where they can start the playoffs if and when they get to that point because trying to appease all the teams that are in the race and not necessarily guarantees to make or not make the playoffs uh, I think that's the finest balance that they have to sort of tread uh, and and we've and we've heard ideas is it going to be a 24 team uh, playoff where you know I guess that would be uh, my quick math would be eight teams would have to play their way in just to fill out the you know the 16 team bracket. Uh, I think that's more likely than not. But even then, you're talking about two months off for for these teams, maybe a brief brief training camp, and then what one game to make the playoffs your whole season. Uh, you know, it's like playing the Stanley Cup game seven uh, on you know October second without a preseason. Like it would be absolutely crazy to expect teams to be satisfied with a one game play in. Uh, at the end of a two-month hiatus. So when he talks about how it has to have integrity and it has to do justice to the history and tradition of the Stanley Cup, I mean, just handling that will be a huge, huge challenge for the NHL and Gary Bettman uh, himself. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we, we talked about this last podcast, too. Like, there are teams that rely heavily on the playoff gate revenue because you don't have to pay the players. It's just all gravy. You get to, to rake in that revenue and that, that profit, that sweet, sweet profit. Um, and... There and like if, if you're gonna enlist that financial responsibility or place that financial responsibility for your franchise on the play on the shoulders of players um who haven't played in two months and we all see what happens when players and it, like that training camp, yes, it'll be nice to do, but it's not gonna do anything. It's gonna be like a week max. It's gonna be players going through drills and stuff for a week max and then going back to playing. That's not gonna be enough to bring people to bring hockey players back up to their optimal speed after two, three months off. Um and you're going to put the sh- the you know the fate of your financial you know kind of picture on the shoulders of players who've been off for two or three months in self isolation a little bit. We've seen what this happened to Will- what happened to Willie Melander with guys like PK Subban after they don't have a training camp or they've stayed off all summer. Like you're, I don't think that there's any. I don't think you can put the enough integrity on a one game play in what with everything that's on the line with the Stanley Cup on the line. I, I just don't think you can do that. It's again like I want I I do. I, I like his optimism that he's saying the Stanley Cup will be awarded this year. That whatever we do, will have integrity. But I mean, I, I'm not a really big, I'm not a huge champion for a lot of hockey's you know traditions or, or or history. But the Stanley Cup is something that's very unique. It's the hardest trophy to win in sports. 
and I don't think that you know you, you make a bunch of guys who've been off for two months, a bunch of cold players, duke it out for one game in the most random sport on earth where anything can happen, and then eventually kind of go back into the playoffs. I just don't think that lends enough credence to the credibility of it. No, I agree with you. It would be unbelievably fun though if you just had like oh, playing yeah. game after playing game after playing game, like just a weekend of sort of madness. <laughs> Excuse me. It would. Oh be, no, not again. Uh, it's it's the talking's not good. The isolation and talking doesn't work for me. Um, but you're but yeah, you're right. It would be it would be so much fun, but it wouldn't be fair, and it would probably be a liability from a health pr- perspective. Like just throwing cold bodies into the most heated possible or you know the most intense uh with all the stakes and everything on the line it would be sort of i think a bit of a dangerous uh situation what i would like to see and i think the solution for that might be a just a sort of play in tournament where it's like a little round robin where the teams play each other and then you could even just go by goal differential you could have that one game at the end of it where you're taking the two top teams from the round robin tournament and having them play almost minor midget style or or you know minor hockey style where it's just taking it back to its roots a little bit it's a fair but not you know comprehensive and exhaustive way to figure out who belongs uh obviously people would be upset with that when you know if it doesn't go their way but i think that would be the fairest way and it wouldn't be all this on one game it would it would at least give a little bit of a buffer zone and you can have all the players in one area and do that so you limit travel a little bit that way as well i think it would be Really, like, I th- the way that you can judge the integrity of this is if your team won it, would you celebrate it like a Stanley Cup? And I don't think, I don't think at least Leafs fans would. If the if the Leafs won this, you know, 2014 play intern, whatever, I don't think they would celebrate it at the, at the end of no? their Stanley Cup drought. I don't think so. You don't think no. if the if the Maple Leafs won four best of seven series to win the Stanley Cup, fans wouldn't view it the same way. I th- like I think they would be happy. I think they would, but at the same time, there'd always be that asterisk where it was like a one-game play-in where they went in, and it's like it would be it, it would be like if the Leafs won, broke their Stanley Cup drought in the lockout shortened season. There'd always be that asterisk. Like it's, uh, I don't know. I I I think it would be this is a real this would be a really good opportunity to have like that March Madness style tournament and just have like a fun like you know you could the media hype for this would be crazy the, you could capitalize on the hunger of, of fans who had been you know withdrawn from hockey for for however many months and you could do the march madness style all teams are in anyone has a shot you know one game like i know it's i know it's the one game thing that you know we've been criticizing but you know if, if you if you double down on the march madness style tournament the one game tournament go all the way up you submit brackets do it exactly the way the march madness does and at the end when the whoever wins you get i don't know like i said like the commissioner's trophy or that's the president's trophy that you win or something because right now like no matter what happens this season there's always going to be an asterisk there's going to be an asterisk on the on the on whoever wins the cup there's going to be an asterisk on even whoever wins the draft lottery like there's like there's a lot of moving pieces here and the futures of a lot of franchises are going to be altered no matter what happens i think you just double down you, i think you just kind of cut your losses on the integrity part of the stanley cup and just go full on full bracket you know have some fun like how that would that would appeal to casual fans like think about it they haven't watched sports in forever you know and and now they're like oh great we get to watch like a, a 30 a 31 team or a 30 team like you said because the let's say the first place person gets a a buy you, you get to watch like these teams duke it out every night like that would be amazing that would introduce a lot of more fans to this game i think that would be a great way to go with also not sort of compromising any integrity I disagree with it reducing the integrity if it's the f- if they don't have to compromise from their actual playoff structure, which is 16 teams, four s- or seven game series, you have to win four of them to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think there should be an asterisk other than hey, this was a shortened season. 
and you know there was a play in to get in whatever. but that's an asterisk though oh, but it's but i don't think it reduces the integrity is what i'm saying you, but there's an asterisk on many seasons there's an asterisk on the 2013 season which the chicago blackhawks won the stanley cup and after a 48 game regular season no one i don't think anyone holds that against them i i do in fact well, I mean, I, I don't. I when it's in public knowledge or the the way the public looks at it, we look at their three Stanley Cups this this past decade, not the fact that they won two and a half, or they had two and one with an asterisk on it. I think um, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, people are just going to be glad that sports are back and kind of not really worry about the 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 granular stuff like this. Well, I, I guess so. I mean, I, I, again, I don't, I don't think it's a problem with if they can preserve the playoff format. If they can't preserve the playoff format, then do something fun and don't do it for the Stanley Cup because I w- really appreciated that Bettman said that you had to pre- preserve mm-hmm. the, uh, the, you have to do justice to this tournament in order to win it. It would be, I would feel that there's something very, very hollow about having to win what if you go from 16, 16 to 8 is 1 to four to what is that five games that's all you have to win to win the stanley cup five games to win the stanley cup that would not feel uh that wouldn't suit or that wouldn't sit well i think with a lot of fans uh myself included ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Not for the Stanley Cup, but... If like if the season gets pushed back a lot and you still want to have hockey, that would that wouldn't take very long. That'd be a great way to kind of rush into the season. Hundred percent. You'd get you'd get a result to the season. You'd get some sort of uh, you know championship level uh, celebration, whether it's money, whether it's you know what whatever it is, some t- type of new trophy that uh, was just you know invented or whatever. It's fine uh, to do something fun if it doesn't mean the Stanley Cup. If it means the Stanley Cup. It's got to be the real deal. Um, what Bettman, Bettman, we've, we mentioned, we appreciated all the answers that he's had or most of the answers he's had. What he didn't have an answer for, and I think this is one thing that's going to come up, uh, Brian Hayes on Overdrive brought up the issue of teams invested heavily into the trade deadline and, and mm-hmm. that they won't receive anything back in return. You know, Bettman, I'm surprised that he acknowledged that this was a problem and didn't say, hey, that's just the breaks. Like, y- you can't control everything. But I looked at it a little bit, and I probably will write on this eventually. Is like no one really gave up that much for a rental. All there were six first round picks traded before the deadline. All six of those players are either going to be restricted or have remaining term on their deal. So I think they survive. Like there's no, I think compensatory draft picks could be a thing this summer, but they are not going to have to do that with the with the first round, which is a big big deal because I think that would be a huge problem. 
Will Vegas and Washington feel a little robbed? Yes, they gave up second round picks. Maybe you could throw in a compensatory second round pick if they don't play uh, another game this season for Vegas and Washington in their trades. But I, I don't think that that's going to be as big of a deal as when it first popped into my mind, which was, oh no, these teams are going to get totally screwed out of these draft picks. And, the, and it's it's really going to be an issue this summer and something that is that is argued about. And, and the, we have to control the amount of problems because there's going to be so much that the NHL has to deal with here as they try and get things back on the rails. There is... Like there is a part of me that that feels for these GMs. Like there's a part of me that's like, oh man, they you know they doubled down to go for you know for their shot at the cup, and then like the season just like the world shut down, and like you can't get any return on your investment. But at the same time, like I know this sounds very dumb, but trading is a risk, and part of that risk is you risk the fact that the world shuts down before you can get your return on your investment for this asset. Like uh, I think Gary Bettman, in terms of having less on his plate, he was very lucky that this was a year where GMs kind of didn't really lose their mind. Like, can you imagine with, with, with whatever kind of draft picks were going back and forth, can you imagine if that Parise for, for lad or whatever trade went through, like that would be, there'd be so much to sort through from that. Both teams would be pissed. Like you could definitely see Lula Amorello storming the office being like, Hey, you know, I just gave up the chest for this guy. And now like, what's going on here? Um, yeah, that's, that's even one thing that I never even thought of like that, that, that you just brought up right now, like a, like what happens to to teams like let's say for the Leafs for example in free agency they sign John Tavares for seven years and now one of these years might be completely written off does that extend his contract like do do they get pissed that they essentially got you know got duped out of a year of eleven million dollars of this one asset and and got duped out of a you know one year of his prime like there's a lot of domino effects here it's the same thing with the lockout except on an even bigger scale like what you know there's again like there's so many moving parts everything is so granular. Gary Bettman, I do not envy his job at all, and he's done all of the right things so far. And even on top of all this, that's so commendable. Something tells me that the Maple Leafs won't be dying for another year at eleven million dollars for John Tavares at the end of his contract. I don't know. I, I just, I'm just saying, like it's he's he's in his prime right now, and they got duped out of a year of it. Like I, I, I if if they were more petty, I'd wonder what they would do. What what kind of and that could go with any team. Like on Artemi Panarin, he signed a huge free agent deal, and the Rangers kind of got duped out of the first year of it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, so Brady Shea, Barkley Goodrow, Blake Coleman, Jean-Gabriel Bajot, Andre Kasha, 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 and Jason Zucker. Those are the six players that went for uh, first round picks at the deadline. Only one of them was a pending unrestricted free agent. That was Pajot. And of course, they extended him almost immediately or the new New York Islanders did rather uh, extended him almost immediately. Um now, it's uh, this is obviously affecting all sports, but we've had sort of the the latest trickle down of canceled, uh, you know, sports leagues. And it's a little bit more difficult for, you know, the minor leagues in hockey who are sort of at the mercy at the of the NHL all the time. And whatever happens to the NHL it'll, or whatever happens to these leagues, obviously all the resources will be spent to at least get the NHL to, you know, be able to finish its season and it's going to cost these teams money, right? So what's going to be severely impacted is AHL teams, ECHL teams. They both, you know, suspended or canceled their season recently. And it, as much as it affects, you know, you know, event workers in the NHL, it's going to people, it's going to affect people that work for minor league teams and all, and all that down the line, because while the NHL might come back, it doesn't appear that the AHL or ECHL will be able to do so. Well, the ECHL officially canceled their season this week, um, which is huge. And and that's huge for a number of reasons. One, in terms of the financial and, I guess, human aspect of it, is that the average ECHL paycheck for a year is $13,000. 
that is not a lot of money. Uh, and and these a lot of these players do live paycheck to paycheck, and now they don't get a paycheck. Like it's I'm pretty it's done. And another thing is that this like e, like minor league affiliates to NHL teams they're always sunk costs. They're just like they know they're not going to make money off these things, and they're purely there for the developmental purposes. And they're kind of just like, all right, we're going to take a hit in this regard, and that's going to be it. You know, we have to have a minor league uh, minor league system. And now considering that there's no hockey, so there's no like that kind of renders the purpose of these affiliates you know useless right now or not useless but like it renders them irrelevant right now like there's there's a greater and, and the AHL is an independent league so they'll make their own decision but there's a greater um I guess like impotence on uh these owners to just cancel these seasons and so what that could do is there's a lot of different there's a lot of different ways so what that could do is essentially like the SHL season's already canceled so even if the AHL season does come back you might see you might see AHL rosters who are that that are unlimited by the way the AHL doesn't have a roster limit you might see some gargantuan AHL rosters if this season ever it's it, the regular season's not going to come back so if the playoffs do come back in the AHL you're going to see rosters with huge or um yeah, AHL teams with huge rosters because they're at least trying to keep pretty much their entire ECHL team or as much as they could on that roster now if the AHL cancels that's huge for the NHL because what happens if someone gets injured what happens if uh, what hap- like what happens if you know the Leafs go into the first game and you know they they have a catastrophic in- like split spate of injuries where you know like they where it's had before where I don't know Janssen and and, and uh, or not Janssen uh, Riley and, and Muzzin go down who are they going to call up who are they going to put in you know and so what that might do is if the AHL also cancels its season and the NHL does come back I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they op- if they then you know take away the roster cap on NHL rosters so at least teams can have all these AHL players up that normally would be in their in their pipeline and at least have them on a roster and making some money so they're not, you know, pulling in zero dollars. So there's again a lot of moving pieces here. It's a shame. It's 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 a it's a damn shame to see what's happening to these minor league players because they do live paycheck to paycheck and especially in the ECHL, it is like, you know, pennies. Um and in, in the AHL if they do cancel, that's gonna be huge too. And it has ripple effects going all the way up to the top. Well, I mentioned that these minor league teams are going to have to cater to the NHL, and I think that might cause you know the NHL offices to maybe put in a provision where taxi squads are available to all playoff teams so that you can carry that extra group of players if you need to. Uh, I know we see that at the end of the years uh, in the Stanley Cup final. We see the taxi squad always come out, and they have their little moment with the Stanley Cup, but I think maybe they'll be allowed to practice or dre- not dress, but practice or carry uh, more players so that they're not left shorthanded if and when the NHL does come back. But what you'd like to see with all these teams that are stepping up to do right by their employees is to do right by the players that are, you know, earning 13 K a year and are working at the depths of your organization. If you're the Maple Leafs, I mean, there is no excuse to not take care of the players that are in your system all the way down through, through, you know, uh, the Newfoundland Growlers and so on. It's 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 imperative that teams step up and take care of not just the people working in their buildings, but the players that are supporting their pipeline and their system of players. Uh, and we we spoke at length about teams that are you know that were or were not uh, you know going to pay their employees for the the remaining month or I guess the month that they wouldn't get paid. I mean, we had teams emailing us saying, hey, can you add us to this this group? Because we had a post on Yahoo Sports with all the teams and what they were doing. So it is it is a it is a, an important issue and there it's an, a, a sensitive issue for NHL teams who don't want to be looked in it looked at in a negative light. So I think this shaming process certainly has worked. We've seen a lot of teams uh, 
make sure that they put in the right provisions and, and make sure they get to a point where they're taking care of players and maybe maybe quite quite a lot of them or quite a bit of them have been sort of shamed and, and reacted to uh, the what they've heard on social media and they've been sort of forced into making what is the right decision. Yeah, we said that the, a lot of these teams are probably going to recant because the public pressure for them to pay these employees was huge. I mean, the night that we did our last podcast, so three three days ago that night, I was on Twitter, obviously, because there's nothing else to do. And uh, I was looking, and the Calgary Flames posted a tweet, I think. It was just like a statement or something about, you know, oh, we're going to miss you guys, like hockey's not here. The replies were insane. The replies were, it was like there wasn't a single non-pay-your-employees reply. And there was like, and it was like, you know, I think it was 10 minutes after the, the uh, tweet was posted, and there was like 146 replies just essentially being like, pay your employees. So thankfully they did. The Calgary Flames did. Winnipeg did. Even the Senators, who were the team I thought were, were be, would be let, least likely to do that, they ended up paying their, their players. And right now there is one holdout, and it's the player we, it's the the team we talked about. It's the Boston Bruins. The official that the the one standing alone uh, on this mountain, on this hill, not paying its employees is Jeremy Jacobs and the Boston Bruins. I believe we are. They haven't even the thing. The crazy thing about this, they haven't even made a statement. At least, at least the, the Flames came out and made a statement initially before they got shamed into recanting it that, yes, you know, we're, I'm, I'm, we're not going to pay this or whatever. Like, the, the Bruins have remained mum on it. They haven't even talked about it. And there's always, or they even, they've talked, maybe talked about it internally. They haven't talked to their fans. And it's always, like, a good qualifier to give where, you know, this is a very complex process. You need to give teams time. But it's inexcusable that, like, time to create this plan, but it's inexcusable that every single other NHL franchise, including the most... Uh, like including the Ottawa Senators, the most you know irresponsibly run franchise in, in the sport, is being able to put together a plan like this. And you, the Boston Bruins, an original six team that rakes in money every year with a owner that's worth three point six billion dollars, who cries poor at every you know at, at every owners meeting, who's the most spoken up person in terms of lockouts, who's one of the most pompous owners in the league, uh, is not going to pay the employees that help his team run is absurd. Yeah, I mean, you hope that the lack of statement means that they will get to the point where they will make the right decision, which is to find a way to compensate the people that work so hard in their buildings. I've been there for the last, you know, two uh, playoff runs with the Leafs being there the last two years. And it is a it is a busy building, man. There's people working. I mean, this is it's the same in every building, right? These people work so hard, but uh, you could just see it in that building in particular because it's the Celtics one night, it's the Bruins the next night, and it's going to hurt these people so much because they are used to this as well. They are used to Boston, whether the Celtics and the Bruins playing deep into the playoffs, whether it's one of them, both of them. Uh, it just seems like this is a it's a pretty comprehensive you know, department because it's, there's, it's such a sports mad city and they have to do so much there and to just let these people, and there's tons of people just sort of float in limbo here is, is definitely a wrong thing when you're worth so much money that it is literally a drop of the bucket just to take care of these people for one more month. Does Jeremy Jacobs look like the kind of guy who can get shamed into doing anything? It doesn't look like he's like the one guy. I mean, like this is the, I mean, this is true of every league, but there's like, they are steadfast in their money-making ability, right? Mm -hmm. And this is him being steadfast in his money-preserving ability because he's not going to bring much in, so he's going to balance his own books by not paying the people that uh, obviously make his company and his enterprises work. So uh, these people are experts at this. This is why they got to where they are is because they manage themselves so 
uh, well financially. Unfortunately, there's a human element to all this, and they're definitely missing it in this case. I would love to see the NHL come back and Jeremy Jacobs try to return to business as normal without all of the employees that he's refusing to pay right now. It would be impossible. These are, if we're going to deem, you know, the in terms of the NA, all, all the talk is being around essential staff with all these lockdowns and closures and everything in every in every city. If we're going to talk about essential staff to an NHL team, arena workers are essential staff. You cannot have a fan experience. You can't have a product without people running your in-arena you know, product. And Jeremy Jacobs is saying right now, you are not essential to me. And I would love to see them try. I love to see him prove that when the when play comes back, because I guarantee you he will be proven wrong. Uh, well said. Uh, we are going to, obviously, we mentioned in the last podcast what our plans are going to be. It's still obviously up in the air with exactly what we're going to be able to do. Uh, but we can promise that we will be staying up to date with all the news and getting that to you as it pertains to the NHL. And by extension of that, the Maple Leafs. We're also going to try and work some fun elements into this show. Uh, not sure exactly how we're going to do that or when that is going to be unveiled, but we, uh, we're going to bring a little bit more uh, light to this program and... I think we'll have to just because obviously we don't want to be doom and gloom the whole time. Uh, but at, to a point, I think the news is going to run a little bit dry. So we'll get creative then when there's less to talk about. Uh, but for now, it's good that we're staying on top of things uh, and just, you know, making sure that we sort of connect all the pieces and figure out uh, best we can what's going to happen with the NHL and obviously its response to the COVID-19 outbreak. I wonder how different the world's going to be the next time we covine for this. It's what, well, you know, if we, if, even if we did it every 24 hours, we'd have these massive sweeping changes, obviously. But the fact that we've given ourselves two and three days, uh, who knows what's going to happen between the next time we talk and now. Exactly. Well, in the spirit of the show, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.